Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is still Dan Saracini. I would not be uh, upset if you forgot that we existed, uh, but we are back and joining me this evening via Zencaster to talk actual Islanders stuff for the first time in, I don't know, what is it, three or four months or something, is my friend Michael Eboff. And Mike, it's exciting. It's cautious. It's weird, but it, it is exciting to have Islanders news to actually discuss. Yeah, I think actually one of the, the big... Um... Reason I I was kind of unsure if I wanted the season to be finished just because it feels weird like Derek Broussard is still on the Islanders like the, like I like the, this team is still like it's still the 2019-20 New York Islanders even though we haven't seen them and by this point like we should be talking about the 2020-2021 Islanders um, and I was really going back and forth with with uh, with my friends over whether I wanted the, them to come back and um, when it actually happened. I was excited and I realized what it was. It wasn't just excitement to watch the games and, and to see the, watch the playoffs and however weird they're going to be. It was, it was more that, all right, we're on schedule now. So 2020, 2021, uh, they say, you know, December, whatever, like there's, there's stuff that is um, we're on a path. Like we, we were never really on a path after uh place shut down. Uh, and it was just, you know, everything was just hypotheticals and we're not dealing in hypotheticals anymore. There's a schedule there's a path, there's going to be an off season on the other end that we can, you know, lose our minds about because of the cat problems. And I'm excited to have those issues back in my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We got some cap issues to talk about, but we'll get all that eventually at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I am kind of cautious. I, I'm with you. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I really want 
this season to finish. I'm sure I'll change my mind once they actually start playing games. Um, you know, the, the virus is still a thing and out there and they're taking all the precautions in the world to ensure that these guys are as safe as they possibly possibly can be in the two bubble cities. Um, but you know, if you've been following the NBA, you know that a bunch of players have already been, you know, diagnosed with it and, and they've had some issues at the bubble, their bubble city in Orlando. Um, so uh, there's a lot to be nervous about, but, um, we had one bit of news this week, uh, that we're going to discuss at length right now that, you know, got my juices flowing a little bit. And I'll be honest, like I was pretty burnt out. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, did a lot of writing early in, in the pause and, and Dom was very, very busy, still very, very busy. We're all very, very busy now in different ways than we were before. And, um, I got really burnt out and I was not sure that Ilya Sorokin was ever going to sign with the Islanders. And quite frankly, at some point, I just didn't care anymore. And if this guy was going to come, he was going to come. And if he didn't come, well, then to hell with him. Well, sure enough, he is now here. He has signed a contract. He has signed two contracts, in fact. <laughs> uh, he signed a contract for the end of this season, which really isn't paying him really anything. Uh, and then he immediately, as of this morning, signed a one-year extension for next season, which when he can actually play. Uh, he's ineligible to play in phase three or four of the restart, which in other words is, you know, these, this play in series with the Panthers uh, and the playoffs, but he can play next year, which now may start in December. And I can't tell you how excited I am. I really am this guy. I'm, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, get too excited. We've all been over this a hundred times. We're all Islanders fans. We all know what it's like, but uh, this guy's coming in with a pedigree that really nobody on this team has had in a long, 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 long time. And, uh, I, for one, can't wait to see him. I can't even wait to see him practice. I mean, he's going to be able to practice with these guys, but, you know, I just want to see him here. I want to see him in a jersey, and and it feels good knowing that he's going to be here all next season, and he's an RFA after that, which is even better. So, yeah, this is this has been the last 48 hours or so. has been a real, a real turnaround in my mind of being like, yeah, now I'm excited. I don't know if I'm excited for the playoffs, but next year I'm definitely very excited for it just because of this one guy, basically. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's super exciting. I, I, I didn't – I would say that I was like – less than 50 50 thinking he was going to come uh and and not just just recently i'm talking like throughout this entire process i figured uh something would happen obviously like there's when you're dealing with um with like khl guys and and weird cba stuff like there's there's obviously a chance that things are going to go awry and especially you know it's been such a complicated process with him from day one uh there's been so many stop starts there was the time that Darren Drager traded him to the Blackhawks like there's all this there was all this there's been so many different scenarios with this guy he hasn't even played a game um so not only am I excited for him to play and that the Islanders hopefully and there's a chance the Islanders now have a have their goalie of the future which is something like you said we we haven't had since um I guess Billy Smith because you know it, it was supposed to be Rick DiPietro but um, well, it was Eric Fischo. Yeah, then there yeah. was Rick DiPietro. Um, yeah, well, I guess Kelly Rudy probably at some point also. Um, but uh, I guess yeah, so probably, somebody I guess, probably called him next. He's probably the twelfth goalie of the future. Yeah, you know, goalie number exactly. a goalie of the future number twelve. Um, but uh, but maybe Sorokin. he's the one that actually works. But know? he, I mean, it, it, I wasn't just excited about that, but I was just excited because it was a win for the Islanders who and, and they Lost don't get again. wins like this usually. Like I was, I was almost full in full defense mode, getting ready for full defense mode for when Sorokin signed with uh, his, uh, his KHL team and, 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 and stayed there. And then, uh, but I, I, I think it was more relief than excitement. And then the excitement's going to take over for the relief. As soon as we see this guy, uh, you know, stopping pucks. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and that's what something he's done a lot of in the KHL. He's won a, a gold medal. He's set shutout records. He's won a Gagarin Cup. I mean, he's done basically everything you could possibly do uh, in that league. And he's 24 as of right now. He'll be 25 uh, on August 4th. So he's still got a lot of years ahead of him. And, you know, he's going to come over here. Again, he can't play. So don't look for him, you know, in goal against the Panthers. But he's going to be uh, – in with the team practicing in the bubble in Toronto, uh, as Lou Lamorello said today, probably a little dicey bringing a goalie who can't actually play for you, <laughs> uh, you know, to practice and use up a roster spot on this guy. But they want to get him acclimated to his teammates in North America as soon as they can, and uh, just get him working out and and get him working with with Mitch Corn and Piero Greco, I guess, and have him ready for next year. And um, the thing that really got me excited and you, you mentioned it before and we'll talk probably in another podcast about the cap problems that are looming for the Islanders. But um, he is signed next year for just $2 million. Uh, I'm sure the, the contract is laden with bonuses and stuff for, you know, Calder trophy or, stuff. you know, President, yeah, whatever. Good stuff. Um, but to have a starting goaltender for $2 million is pretty spectacular. And if this guy can, and Arthur Staple mentioned this on his podcast today, if, if he's even a, a fraction of he's 75% of what he's been in the KHL, then that $2 million is a, is an unbelievable bargain. And that's going to go a long way to alleviating a lot of the Islanders cap problems that are coming up. He's actually cheaper than Thomas Grice, which is kind of shocking when you think about it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that got me really excited that this is a good deal. I mean, there's no, you know, obviously we need to see him play and it'll change once that happens, probably. But as of right now, this is probably the best contract the Islanders have signed since Barry Trotz, you know, <laughs> and that that's whatever money they've given Trotz. Like we, we've said the whole time is totally worth it. But like for this guy to come in here for this amount of money and be ready, he wants to be here and he wants to be an Islander, wants to play against his friend Igor Shesterkin, who plays for the Rangers. Um, just got me excited. Like it's just a great thing to to see. And you know, if you're an Islanders fan, it's it's been a, a cool couple of days in the middle of a lot of terrible things. <laughs> this is this is actually pretty cool, and uh, I can't wait to hear from him. Hopefully, he'll you know when he gets here. Hopefully, he's nice and you know it's nice and safe, and he's got to quarantine and all that stuff. So it'll be a while before we we actually hear from him, and he gets you know his skates on the ice. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's pretty cool. Like the Islanders have had haven't had a whole lot of days where they're like. This is awesome. Like it's an awesome <laughs> feeling to be here. Um, but you know, Monday, Monday and Tuesday were two of them. So yeah, there you go. And, Shocking. And the, the thing about the contract that's great. First of all, it, it, obviously we we know that Simeon uh, Varlamov was kind of overpaid, and but now you got two goalies for six million next year. So you look at it like all right, it's three million per. It's it, it's really like you said, it's a great contract. Um, but it also showed that throughout this whole time, it kind of felt like people were waiting for for him to not sign with the Islanders because, Oh, you know, they're the Islanders who would want to play for the Islanders. Like he's using his leverage to, to seek out like a, a more exciting team or something. And he, he obviously, he kind of like, he, he, uh, I guess bent a little bit towards the Islanders. Like he could have probably held out for more money and a more lucrative first contract and all that. But, but he met the Islanders needs, uh, which shows you that probably throughout this whole time, like he was willing to do that. But it really was just the red tape get, that he had to get through that was that was slowing everything down. And it wasn't, you know, some, uh, you know, I want to make sure the Islanders are not going to Islander this up uh, in front of me. You know, like I want, I'm not waiting to sign with a, a better team or a more glitzy team, uh, which which was great to see. Like I, that was one of my first thoughts. I was like, oh wow, this this guy actually he really meant it. He he. It was pretty clear that 
every every time that you know Igor Aranko, uh, the Elliot Freeman of the of, of Russia would <laughs> would tweet about him, he, it was basically like, yeah, no, this guy wants to play for the Islanders. He's just waiting for the opportunity to do so. Uh, and it's nice to see that that stuff was actually true because you can just see it in the in the contract. It was true. Yeah, we had heard at some point on, on top of the Darren Dreger uh, trade rumor was also one about like he didn't want to play because Garth Snow was in charge or something like that. And and that's all that like I wrote in the in the article, that's all put to bed now. Uh, the the thing that kept him from coming earlier is a change in in the NHL policy that really has been longstanding for a long time. And I, we still have never gotten a full answer, I think, on why they decided this year that these guys can't like just join a team and the you know before the playoffs where guys have done that for years Chris Kreider and Kale McCarr being two of them all of a sudden they decided they didn't want to do that anymore so I I don't know uh we'll never know maybe why they decided to make that change and why it prevented guys like Sorokin and Kirill Kaprizov and Alex Romanov of Montreal from just joining their teams for these playoffs and these playing games. I don't know. We'll never know. But in any event, it doesn't matter anymore because it's over and done with. <laughs> the guy has signed. He has signed for next year. And the Islanders can now move on uh, and prepare for the Florida Panthers, who they're going to play uh, in a play-in series coming up. Um, there is an exhibition game also just announced today uh, against the Rangers on the 28th of July. Uh, so that'll be kind of their one warm-up game. Then they'll start talking. Then they'll start playing against the Panthers. Uh, so, you know, there won't be any fans in the building. There won't be any media in the building. So I can't say that, you know, uh, Sorokin will see the Islanders in their full glory or anything, but uh, yeah, it's uh it's a weird time and, and it's a, you know, weird scenario. Uh, but uh, having Sorokin in the fold, it's just funny how, how this one thing can change your outlook so much. I mean, this guy hasn't even played for them. And it's just like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just, I don't even know. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And uh, you know, for the fact that he's here, I, I, the only thing I'm, I'm really upset about is uh, Elliot Friedman has, you know, kind of shelved his 31 thoughts for the summer. Cause I mean, the guy's got to you know take a break every once in a while, but I was really hoping like this would be the kind of, I'd be hoping for some more insider information, you know, from, from Elliot there. But uh, yeah. there was a bunch of videos uh, of Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz talking today that I haven't gotten a chance to watch yet. And the New York post had an article about uh, how Sorokin got signed, but basically, yeah, like you said, I mean, he, he has been in communication with Lamorello and the Islanders for a long time. Like apparently he's, he's zoomed calls with their coaches and I know, he's probably met some players over zoom already. So this is not like they just kind of, you know, found this guy and, and, you know, browbeat him into joining or anything like that. Like this is, this guy's been here. He's been ready for a long time and it's been whatever stupid reasons preventing him from doing so. But uh, the fact that he's here is, is pretty exciting. I guess he's going to also going to wear number 30, which was what he wore in, in training camp a couple of years ago and not number 90. Doesn't seem to be a problem. So, I'm I'm all for it. That's Lou. That's Lou. Yeah. Lou, right, Lou, yeah. Lou is uh, Lou is finding he found the loophole to make sure he only got two million. Now he's fine. <laughs> I can't can't wait yeah. to see what like under he's he's probably signed a lucrative uh, endorsement deal from like Belmont Park or something to to, yeah. to offset that cost. And uh, one I'm, thing that was uh, I was saying was just one thing that I I tried to remember when we drafted him. I knew it was. I was like, is either 2014 or 2014, <laughs> and I was I was just kind of scrolling through the draft to see when his name would pop up, and um, his third that third round, I think it was like 72nd overall was um, Elvis Merzlikens. Then there was somebody, then it was Sorokin, and then it was Braden Point. So like that little 
uh, wow. subset of, of players in that third round could, could be like, uh, you know, that could be the most important 71st through 74th overall picks in the uh, stretch in, in NHL history. I did not realize this. And uh, I found out last night. Shout, shout out to Incarcerated Bob because I never would have known <laughs> this. Broke, to be who, who scooped, he scooped. He scooped the 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 signing. He 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 got. Yeah. He, he weirdly it was in the Islanders' mentions. He's like, yeah, no, he's coming over today. But yeah, meaning not physically, <laughs> but uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, actually, his and his agent scooped basically everybody by being like, yeah. well, you know, patience, patience. But uh, no, I did not realize that that third round draft pick that the Islanders used on Sorokin came from the Andrew McDonald trade. That's unbelievable. I had no idea. Yeah. Who knew? Uh, now one thing people don't talk about is that the second rounder that went to, um, the Bruins that from that trade that turned into Johnny Boychuk, uh, became Brandon Carlo, who's a pretty darn good defenseman for the, for the Bruins, but we don't need to talk about that. Uh, so yeah, Andrew McDonald trade, uh, lives on in the form of Ilya Sorokin. So there, that's that's pretty remarkable. I had not realized that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's so uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's an exciting time, and and I, I'm you know we're all we're all pretty excited. I did want to mention before that, like as soon as the so I guess we should say too that you know the reason we're the Islanders are back, and we're going to talk about their you know practices uh, resuming on the other side of this uh, the break that's going to come up. But uh, the NHL and the NHLPA signed a new collective bargaining agreement uh, last weekend and it in- included some different some changes the uh free agency you know week is over uh, i guess you know after Tavares signed with the leafs and stamkos decided to restate to stay with the lightning they didn't need that week anymore so they just did away with it uh, that's the that's the way i i read that <laughs> it's change. amazing so, isn't oh, it yeah, yeah. Oh, we it's got like our guy we the, don't need the toronto maple leafs week of uh, wine and dine is is off the is yeah. Off, yeah yeah it's it's yeah, of course. I mean, that was the first thing I I, I saw too, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. <laughs> like, so I guess I guess they can retire uh, <laughs> Kyle Dubas's PowerPoint. To yeah. The no more. No more video. The, the Leafs have uh, let go of their their video editing uh, free agent <laughs> video editing team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need you guys anymore. And I'm sure the I'm sure the uh, Coyotes are pissed now that they can't do that to uh, Austin Matthews in a couple of years. But in any event, <laughs> uh, so that so that got changed. Um, there were a bunch of other changes. I, they increased the uh, minimum salary, I believe. Um, there's, there's a bunch of other stuff. I can't, I can't think about it right now, but there's a bunch of other stuff that got changed as well. And, uh, but it's funny cause as, it, as it was rolling out now, a lot of the CBA obviously deals with issues of restarting during this pandemic and there's, you know, still things to deal with. And they're still like, you know, if they can't continue or there's, uh, guys, you know, uh, opt in, they can opt out without, without problems, um, without any kind of, you know, kind of having to figure anything out that that's one rule. Uh, if there's not enough players to play, then they can obviously cancel phase three or whatever it is. Uh, and I was, I found myself searching for ways in which Sorokin could end up playing for the Islanders in this situation. It would probably involve every other goalie getting hurt or something. I'm sure there's, you know, legalese in there and I'm sure Lula Amarillo has already found it like some kind of loophole for him to end up playing for them, uh, this, this summer, but as far as I know, that's that's probably not going to happen. But uh, if anybody's going to find that part, it's definitely going to be Lou Lamorello. He's yeah. going to find it. And before you know it, we're going to see Ilya Sorokin starting uh, for the Islanders against the Panthers. Or whatever. When, when uh, the uh, <laughs> when the news of the new CBA came, I was like, wow, we have Lou Lamorello, who is a obviously basically tore the, the 2004-05 CBA to shreds by like finding every loophole. Ready, but he, he was the guy who hired the capologist first and stuff like that. And uh, we we have Lou with a fresh a fresh CBA. I can't wait to see to see how it goes because it, it's going to go one way or the other. And 
Um, <laughs> but it's just going to be fun to watch him. This is where he does his best work. He does his best work kind of in, in the, uh, as Teddy Atlas, a boxing trainer, would say. He's, he's, he's always able to, to, to make, have success in the shadowy places. And um, mm. so that's where Lou operates at his best. And I'm kind of excited because the Islanders, like, you know, we'll, we'll, all summer or I guess all fall, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, how are they going to figure out next year with, with these cap problems. But uh, with a new CBA, I mean, Lou might be able to, to figure it out. You know, you, um, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. more excited about it than I am nervous and, and I'm very nervous. <laughs> Yeah, the changes are going to definitely be forthcoming. The uh, cap is going to be flat at $81.5 million, not just for next year, but possibly the year after that. And so the Islanders are among a few teams that are going to need to figure some stuff out. Uh, they got a lot of guys. That? How weird is it to see yeah. the Islanders on those lists? Like, oh, here are the five teams right. that are screwed by the, the, the cap. Like, it's usually, <laughs> it's usually you know, the, the Rangers, the Leafs, the, the Blackhawks. Yeah. The Islanders? What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, and and that's because they have a lot of older guys making a lot of dough. And actually, one surprise from these CBA negotiations is that there were no compliance buyouts. And to be honest, I mean, as Lou, as much as Lou works those shadowy areas and is in is you know has his finger on the pulse of the league as much as anybody, I think he was probably a little bit surprised by not having compliance buyouts too, because uh, it would have been nice to just be able to write off Andrew Ladd and say, "All right, I'll see you later," and just never see him again. But they didn't, and so they're going to need to figure some stuff out. Um, again, this is all for next year, um, and again, the $2 million that they're paying Sorokin is definitely going to go a long way to helping them get guys like Matthew Barzell and Ryan Pollock and Devon Taves all signed. Um, they're still paying Anders Lee $7 million. We all love the captain. He's a great dude. $7 million is a lot of money, and they're, they're not going to you know just get rid of him. They have to, you know, they're going to hold on to him, and they're going to need to work around that. Um, they're going to need some younger guys to step up. Um, but these are all problems for the summer, and I don't want to talk about them now. <laughs> but uh, I do think there are going to be some changes, and I think there's going to be some trades, and and uh, some somebody's going to have to find some new homes or uh, retire. I don't know how it's going to work, but uh, we'll have to figure all that out. Uh, okay, so um, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the Islanders hitting the ice for practice once again. And, uh, yeah, this uh, it's been a weird time, but uh, hockey is going to come back at some point. So hold on, and we'll come back at some point, too, right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We have been away for a while, but VintageIceHockey.com has not. It is still here. It is still selling t-shirts. You can still get them very quickly. And they have still putting out, they are still putting out new uh, items every single week. Dayton Gems is a new one. Indianapolis Checkers have a cool logo. Chicago Americans. These are all old teams that are real. Uh, 
our friend Kevin sells t-shirts with their logos and names on them. You can get them from vintageicehockey.com. If you use this code lighthouse15, you save 15%. Uh, and I'm t- I mean, I own a bunch of these and they're just awesome. Like the Binghamton Dusters or the Rhode Island Reds. Like these are logos you can't get anywhere else. And maybe there's a team from a state that means something to you and uh, you can check it out there. Uh, VintageIceHockey.com, Lighthouse 15, save yourself 15%. Okay. So this week the Islanders began and every team in the NHL began training camp again, 2.0. Uh, they hit the ice at Northwell in small groups that have been socially distanced. And there's only been a couple of staff members on site at, the, at a time. Uh, the guys clearly appreciate being together again. You can see from the, the pictures, uh, they're all smiling and happy to see each other over something other than a Zoom call. And uh, again, it was cool to see. Like, it's cool to see them together and playing um, two guys that are on the ice for the first time in a long time, Adam Pellick and Casey Zizekas. Pellick has been out since early January. And, you know, in a regular season, he would have missed the entire rest of the season and the playoffs. I mean, the Islanders almost missed the playoffs, but he would have been out. But this has kind of been a little bit of a, a bonus for him. He's had some extra uh, rehab time and he got back together and he's back on the ice. And according to some reports, looks like his old self, his old shutdown self. And in case he's Ezekis, uh, had missed a lot of time. He, you know, had been kind of in and out sometimes parts of the season. He's back, and you know, he's always got all more energy than than anybody in the, else in the room combined. So uh, it's good to see those two guys back again. And coming into a series against the Panthers with a full complement of players, I think is definitely going to benefit the Islanders, even though they have had you know four months off. Uh, I think. But that being said, having the group, the actual group back together, I think is really, really, really going to help them against a really, really tough opponent. Yeah, it's just, and it's just like you said, like just seeing Islanders players doing Islanders drills and wearing Islanders colors on, on Instagram or team site and whatever, just, I mean, that just felt good. It just felt so good to see Matt Barzell like cradling a puck <laughs> over a blue line and just like, it just, it just, it felt good because it, it felt you know, normal. And, uh, I just, I can't, I can't wait. Um, like I said, like it's, it's really going to be weird. I'm not totally sure what, what to, to, to make of, uh, the, the whole, how this tournament's going to feel until basically the puck drops. I'm sure when it's, when it does like, you know, your fan adrenaline will take over, but right now it's just like, I'm almost looking at it as <clears throat> like a, 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 the, the kind of three weeks of, of the off season or two weeks of the off season that I enjoy the most was, which is, just, just wa- like watching the team kind of become become what it's going to be for like the next season, which is obviously you know different this time around. But you're just like you're like oh look like like there is you know Anthony Beauvillier. I forgot about that guy a little bit you know during all this, and it's great to see him again. And it's just it's it, you know these are they're like almost like old friends that you see at a bar, um, you know for the first time after you know a year away or something. And uh, it's it's it, it really is an, a weird unexplainable thing. Um, and I think one of the things, um, that I miss the most, uh, when, when everything shut down and obviously this is, you know, way down on the, on the pecking order and real, real things, I'm talking Islander things, but like, uh, was that Barry, you'd call it the towel of trots. And it was almost, it was almost weird. Cause when, when, uh, the pandemic really started, uh, trots, trots said like one thing, I can't remember what it was. It was just a very wise sage thing about, you know, taking care of one another and making sure you're, you're doing the right things and listening to the experts. And I was like, you know, this guy, like, you know, he can't ever say the wrong thing, no matter what it is. Like, um, and I'm just excited to hear him 
because this is obviously unprecedented tournament. That's just to hear him talk about, you know, this tournament and, and how he's preparing for it. Cause it's so different and he's going to, and having a coach like him, him versus Joel Quenville in, in a, in a coaching, you know, chess match. And in, in these times is hysterical because these, these are probably two guys who are trying to figure out everything, every little advantage they can get um, through, through these weird, uh, you know, set, set of circumstances. Um, but I'm just excited to hear him talk uh, about this, this team and this upcoming tournament and, and just like everything, like about the, the, the Sorokin or going forward. I really just, I missed my friend Barry is, is what <laughs> I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. There was a, there was a zoom call early that had trots on it. And I thought the same thing, like I was just listening to it and it was, I don't remember what he said. It didn't, I think he was just talking about, you know, what, what he was doing at that time. And, you know, I think it was just puttering stuff around the house. And he was, he said he was like playing video games with his son, you know, and it was like, he wasn't even really saying anything all that interesting. It was very benign, you know, stuff, but it just felt good to hear his voice again. I, I agree with you. Uh, it's, it's nice to have that. If he had, if he had done like zoom meetings during, during the pause, just people of like motivational speaking, I'm sure he would have been a very busy man. Uh, <laughs> and he probably could have made a few extra bucks uh, on the side. Um, but yeah, I, it is, an, it is interesting too. I, I think there's, there shouldn't be lost too. I mean, to be honest, like, you know, I've heard people say, oh, you know, the Islanders, they can take the pan. They, they beat the Panthers three times this year and it should be a problem. I, I'm just terrified. Like I just, you know, if this was a playoffs, any other playoff series, I'd, I'd still be terrified. I think the Panthers are very, very good. Uh, hopefully those guys have all been like, you know, sunbathing on the beach and they're really kind of, you know, they're, they've been in summer mode now for four months, and the last thing they really want to do is hit the ice again. <laughs> Hopefully the Islanders can take advantage of that. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, everybody's been off. So who the hell knows what anybody's going to look like when they come back? It's impossible to know. That's the, that's um, the crazy thing. It's like the, the odds for the series are, are – I think it's, they're the tightest. It's a, it's a coin flip yeah. series. I think it's 110-110. And uh, there, are some, there are some series that are – their price like, – like we're in normal times, like the, the Penguins and the Canadians – the Penguins are like minus two hundred favorites, and you're like, how 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 can you in your right mind um, <laughs> bet a team at that like pay that much to bet a team when you don't you have nobody has any idea like nobody has any idea how, what what's been going on with with these guys and uh, we don't have anything to like work off of. I, I have some people who are like, oh, are you going to look at like how teams started the season because you know there's there's a break there and and there, and I was like I don't know because this is totally different there is a, a goddamn like global catastrophe still going on like well there's right. there's so much uncertainty about everything that is going on and there's just going to be a hockey game going on amidst it like it's so hard to to kind of have any confidence about any sort of result but you know like like the the, the hilarious thing and is that if they do lose, they go into the, the draft lottery, which, which right. you, you know, when JG Pajot came over, uh, we all kind of were like, all right, well, we don't have a first round pick this year, but some, somehow, you know, it could happen, which is hysterical. It's just like that. And it's just, that just adds to the, the chaos of this whole um, qualifying round and tournament in general. It's just like, there's so many different things that can, can happen. Yeah. God, yeah. No, crazy. I just, you know, it's, it's hard to remember. Literally speaking, it's, you know, you forget that it happened this season. There was a time when the Islanders won 17, they, they went undefeated in 17 straight games. That was this season. That's all part of the same thing. And there's a, you know, they went undefeated in 17 straight games. 
Then they went basically 500 in the next whatever was, you know, 50 something games. Then there was a four month break and now they're back and they're just basically, all right, here's five games against the Panthers. Like how the hell can anybody figure this out? And yeah, I mean, like in the case of the Penguins, you know, the Islanders and Panthers, even if, even if they had just said, let's say just met in a regular playoff series, it would still be a coin toss. Like you just be like, well, I guess these teams are, you know, they're kind of evenly matched up. They got some good players, some guys that aren't so good. It's fine. You know, it's the, and a game against the Penguins and the Canadians, you'd be like, oh my God, the Penguins are stacked. Canadians are not so good, but yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, if Carey Price is the only guy in that series who shows up, the Canadians are going to win. I mean, is is that likely? No. Is it possible? Sure, I guess so. But uh, it's just, yeah, there's just, it's an, everything right now is unknown. And, and I mean, anything that happened, I was going to, I would throw out anything that happened in the first two months of the season anyway. But like, the first two months of the season happened, I mean, almost a year ago, literally almost a year ago. And uh, it's, yeah, I, I don't know what to, I, when I think about that 17 game, Mm-hmm. undefeated streak i'm just yeah. like how my god like it's just it, it feels like it happened 10 years ago it, it's it just, does i mean it kind of did in 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 uh you know yeah might as well years have, right? yeah you know like <laughs> the, but the, the the beginning of the season too like the they look just look so disjointed for those right. first games and then they're, they're i'll never forget after they lo- i think they lost to the hurricanes 5-1 yeah and they were like, no, we played really well. We're, we're, we figured yeah. it out. And then they did. They rattled off the 17-game uh, unbeaten streak. Right. Like, I, I was like, wow, I'll never I'll never call any of these guys liars again. I guess they did figure something out in a 5-1 loss to, to a division rival that just swept them out of the playoffs. Uh, I think uh, – yeah, right? I think uh, – I forget if it was the Cole Bardrow game was on MSG or maybe I just watched a clip of it. And I was like, I was at that game. That was their ninth win in a row. And it was like November something. And it's like, that was this season. Holy crap. What? I just, I don't know. Everything is all messed up. And then you mentioned it before, but talk about something that that's messed up uh, is was the draft lottery. It happened a couple of weeks ago. And of course, in the most NHL possible scenario that could have happened, did end up happening, is that one of the teams that are going to play in these playoff rounds is going to end up with the first overall pick, which, you know, was not supposed to happen. Like the team that was supposed to get the first overall pick, really the Detroit Red Wings had just a miserable, terrible 17 win season. And they're <laughs> picking fourth, you know, the Ottawa senators have been miserable. They traded all these guys and God, just give them something, anything, a bone. I think they're take they're, they're picking third, right? Yeah. Third and fifth, um, third and fifth, you know? And it's like, but one of the teams that is going to the quote unquote play ins or, not the playoffs, the play-ins, is going to end up with the first overall pick. And that includes teams like the Islanders, obviously, the Penguins, the Rangers, the the Hurricanes, the Leafs. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> these are the 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 Canucks and the Wild. Canadians, and the, I mean, the Canadians. It's, it's almost like every team that you're like, oh, well, that's the right. team. There's like 10 teams that you, you, you think are prime suspects for some frozen lottery ball. Right. It's, because- it's, it's so funny. Because they they were all okay teams, you know, had good, some good points and bad points, um, but they didn't like make one of the first four uh, seats. So it's not the Bruins or the Lightning, but you know, it's still a bunch of pretty good teams that can use a guy like Alexis Lafreniere, who is the presumed first overall pick. And you know, I threw this out there, and I mean, I, I was half kidding, but I mean, it is kind of a thing. I'm sure people are debating. Like, is it better for the Islanders to? beat the Panthers, make it to the playoffs. So you can end up playing a team like the Bruins or lightning or flyers or whoever, or to lose and take a shot at that first overall pick. And the thing is, 
when they you mentioned him before when they traded JG they traded for JG Pajot they traded a first round pick to the Senators but it was top three protected meaning that if it ended up being one of the top three picks this year they would have to give their pick for next year to the Senators and they would keep their own pick and it was sort of like a weird yeah okay like how's that gonna happen you know because they were in still pretty good shape at the time well now all of a sudden that protected pick is very much in play and. I don't know how to feel about it. Like, it's just very weird. I mean, I just, you know, you're torn between you want your team to win, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, man, having a pretty good center who's just at a junior and yeah. wouldn't pay, you wouldn't have to pay him much. It's pretty tantalizing. I don't know. It's a tough one. It's, what, it really is. So. What it does is it kind of softens the blow a little bit. Cause think about how horrible losing a playoff series is. You're just kind of staring a, a dark void down uh, for the next three months. But, you know, it, for this time, they're like, all right, here's your lottery tickets. Um, walk down the hallway after you, you leave the playoffs and, uh, you know, hope for the best. But it also is very, really scary because it, it, it softens the uh, the joy of, you know, watching a team like the Leafs or the Rangers lose their playoff series because you're like, oh, crap. Like yeah, they're, they're exactly. out. Like, yeah, of course. Like the, the, the Rangers are in the draft lottery. You think they're not going to walk away with this guy? Like, you know, do you don't think the NHL is thinking, oh, Let's put Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and, and Alex Lafreniere on Broadway. I mean, what a, what a better way to welcome back the NHL. Um, sure. Or, you know, if they lose, it'll be the Penguins. So Crosby and, and like, there's, there's just, there's, that's what I'm saying. Like, the chaos that is going to come. I always joke with my friends at work, like, our NBA Slack channel is just going 24-7. Like, people talking about different crazy things. Most of it off-court, like, crazy drama. NBA is such a soap opera, I, I always say. It would be perfect. The NBA would be perfect as a two two part like HBO season, ten episodes in the fall, take a little break, ten episodes in the summer, and then they'll leave you on a cliffhanger like, "Oh, LeBron James is a free agent again. Let's find out again in September where he goes." Uh, that, that's how the NBA kind of plays out to me. Like if if the NBA had this kind of situation where there are these teams in the playoffs, but they also could have now they're the only ones. The losers are the only ones who. Be, have a chance at this, uh, you know, potential French franchise cornerstone. Right. Like if, if Zion Williams, like Zion Williams, yeah, yeah, this yeah, was yeah a, exactly. this, if this was the Zion sweepstakes, there would I, Netflix would be inside that bubble right now, getting ready to to film. You know, like it's just it's so funny, but because it's happening in the NHL, weird stuff happens in the NHL in the dark all the time, and this is just another one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm it's it's horrifying because you just know that you know I'm, I'll be so happy when if if John Tortorella and the Blue Jackets, you know, get extend the the Leafs uh run of misery that'd be great but then you got to worry about oh god like they're gonna add this guy they're gonna they're gonna win the lottery so it's uh there's so many you know in in a a weird way it's uh there's just a lot of balls in the air just like in the lottery (laughs) watching it was a weird experience because on one hand my first thought was I felt bad for Red Wings fans. I know a bunch of them winging into Motown is, a, is an amazing site. They have a lot of great people there that I've been friends with for a long time. And my immediate response to what happened was, oh, man, that sucks for you guys. I'm so, so, so sorry. That is absolutely terrible. Then my second thought was, holy shit, the Islanders have a, have a chance to make <laughs> to get the first overall pick. That's unbelievable. But then that that. That thought didn't last very long because my very, very next thought that came about two seconds later was, A, they are 100% not going to get that first overall pick. We all know it's going to happen. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not going to beat the Panthers because they could definitely lose to the Panthers and also lose that first overall <laughs> pick. And when I thought about all of the teams that could get that first overall pick, it was literally a murderer's row 
of Islanders. It was like the rogues gallery of Islanders fans. So it was the Penguins, <laughs> the Rangers, the Hurricanes, the Leafs. Like any one of those teams were to get this guy, I just it would be so deflating and so demoralizing. And the Leafs, obviously, whatever they got bigger problems, fish to fry than the Islanders. Uh, I would love to see, honestly, of all the teams that are in the play-in that could get this guy, I would not mind if the Canadians did. That would um, be hilarious. It would be hilarious. The city think, would just burn down, you know. Yeah, I think they'd go pretty. They go pretty crazy for it. And I mean, let's face it that that team is not good. So I mean, it's not like he's going to turn them into you know a, a world beating, uh, you know, dynasty champion or anything. I, I I could live with that. That'd be fine. You know, the Panthers again. Uh, that's totally fine. Like they, you know, they'd have Barkov and Lafreniere, I guess. And obviously, any Western Conference team, like. Go, go, be, be, be well. Go in the Western Conference. Go play for Vancouver yeah, go or hang Minnesota out. Go or hang Winnipeg. Out in Winnipeg. Yeah, be great. Yeah, and, but they won't let yeah. that happen. You know, that's, exactly. that's the thing. Like, you, you're just kidding yourself if you think that uh, Winnipeg's even going to have any any ping pong balls in, in that uh yeah, thing. But, like, uh, when, you know, if the Oilers lose, stuff. you know, yeah. and, they end oh, up, yeah. and, and they end up getting them, and it's like, you know, McDavid, Lafreniere, Dryside. Like, you know what, dude? It's whatever. It's fine. Like, it's I, I could live with that. It's good. no skin off the Islanders. It's not. It's not a huge deal for them. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so this this minefield of like, oh my god, I hope it's not these guys or these guys or these guys. And then the realization, the fourth thought, which is like, yeah, one of these guys is absolutely totally yep. going to get this guy. It's, yeah, it's, and uh, I think I think a lot of people think it's going to be the Blackhawks. Uh, they're like the most likely because yeah uh, okay fine yeah me, which would be that. fine with me yeah. I mean I mean people will be pissed because you know they'll, they'll think that you know it's right. rigged but the other thing is that the, the Kings of course were the num- are the number two and, and there's a uh, I think his name uh, Quentin Byfield who's uh, yeah who's uh, I think pretty the, good too yeah yeah he's like the basically the the, the Capocaco of, of this draft that the, mm. he would be number one in, in most years but with uh, Lafreniere like he's he's going to be two and it's just so, it'd be hilarious if they're like oh yeah like the we'll, we'll just re- resuscitate the uh, the Kings Blackhawks dynasties and <laughs> right, in, in one fell swoop here um, yeah it's just there's and it the draft also happened the, the 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 lottery the first part of the lottery the weird the weird lottery happened on a Friday night at like seven thirty I feel like they didn't really tell anybody it was happening all of a sudden I just saw. Twitter like oh yeah it's Bill Daly's like here he's, he's it's about to start <laughs> that the way that they like they're like a team to be termed later or to, to, to be determined later is is gonna pick first overall like oh my god that I mean that was a really really nice thing that happened it was just like it was so NHL it reminded you that yeah this league still does exist and it's still got its really quirky charms frustrating for when you're on the wrong side of it and but you know it's you're like how is this allowed like does this does this league go does it have rules they kind of just make things up as they go which they did like it's just it, it was really nice to, to have that as a a nice friday friday night treat oh my god i 100 percent forgot it was happening i i absolutely 100 percent until that morning totally forgot it was happening and then i was like holy crap and did did you know the rules? Like I, I remember watching it, being like, I don't really know the rules. Like I don't really get like what's going to happen if, if, if <laughs> like, if, if, what's like, or is, yeah. uh, the Islanders do have a chance now? Like it's like they had to, you know, it's you know, it's convoluted when after after the the draft lottery, they had to like re-explain everything. Like all right, like right. this is how this can happen now. This is a draft lottery. It's supposed to be pretty simple. You you show a, a card with a logo on it, and people are happy or mad. And, after Got the it, Red right. Wings, the person I felt worst for was Catherine Tappen, who had to explain to people <laughs> on TV what the hell was actually happening. I kind of basically, I think, knew 
more or less, I knew that there were a lot of rules, but then I kind of figured, okay, well, they'll explain them as they go on. And honestly, like if if the Red Wings, for example, or the Kings or whoever won that first overall pick, none of the other, you know, thousand rules would have even mattered because at that point, somebody who deserved that pick got the pick and it's over with, you know? So it was only because one of the, you know, the mystery team, one of the play-in teams won that first overall pick that we even need to care about the rest of the rules because if it was just Ottawa, okay, fine, it's Ottawa's got the first overall pick and that's it. It's the end of the story, you know? But it didn't work that way. I, it, it is funny, though, that, yeah, like the NHL does these things like you said, in the in the dark. And for those of us that are fans, like we watch it. And again, it's the most NHL thing that could possibly happen. It's completely ridiculous, completely <laughs> convoluted. It pisses off literally everybody, but also has an element of excitement to it if you're like a huge, crazy, insane fan. But then you go to explain it to somebody who's not primarily a hockey fan and they look at you like you're from mars like you're like you have like you're speaking a different language and it's like no seriously you know they can get, and it's just you know and then at that point you're just like you know what don't worry about it it's forget I'll, I'll let you know if the islanders get the first overall pick i'll let you know basically so um but uh, i do find it funny that like basically the islanders the the scenario for them is basically you either get the first overall pick or you have no pick at all because yeah. any other pick ends up with ottawa basically yeah, that's 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 what's so fun. Like Lou, Lou has probably got, you know, modeling a bunch of different outcomes for for <laughs> all this stuff, and it's just, it, yeah, it's just you, we really have no idea. And I I actually didn't really feel too. I remember a couple seasons ago when the Red Wings kind of started to sh- show they were they were about to really really hit rock bottom. Uh, I remember back in the two thousand one two thousand two season, like the Islanders had that great start, and then their home opener was against the Red Wings. Um, and they lost. They lost in overtime. Chris Osgood was wearing his red pads. It was just a. It was like it was <laughs> the first game that I had ever been to of an Islander game. I was eleven years old and just being like, mm, "Wow, I'm watching really? like a, a yeah, I'm, like, I'm watching a good team. Like this is nice. Like it's it's weird. This is what it's like to watch like a competent hockey team." Um, and there was this Red Wings. I'll never forget. There was a Red Wings fan in our section, and he's like, "Why are you guys so excited about the a loss?" And I was like, "Well, you guys have won everything for the past ten years. Like this is huge for us." And um, <laughs> And as and that guy's never really left my mind as the Red Wings have gone. I'm like, then I remember thinking, all right, when they really crash, I'm not going to feel bad for their fans just because they've had so much success recently. Like this is not, we're not talking, you know, 30 years ago. Like the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup like 12 years ago, and we're in two Stanley Cups in a row, um, and they were in the playoffs forever. So you know, they 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 they're, uh, they they were doing a little bit of a karmic uh, breakdown, and I did really respect Steve Eiserman's, uh kind of nod to what we're saying about the NHL being, you know, in, mm. in the dark and, and kind of like operating in a, in a completely weird way. He was like, yeah, I'm not surprised that that happened. Of course not. Like this is exactly <laughs> what we expected. Yeah. To, you know, that's just how it goes. This is the yeah. NHL. Um, yeah. He said they had the same, I think they had a bigger chance of that happening than of them getting the first overall pick. Yeah. Basically. So. Some, something like that. It's just, it, uh, Man, Steve Eisman a, always cool as a cucumber when yeah. he's on the ice or in the, in the office. Never never shows any emotion what's, you, until he wins the cup, you know. And you so. know the the person who was who's so upset about all that would be uh, Pierre Maguire because he, he yeah. pro- <laughs> I think he was probably ready to go. Oh man, like 
Stevie Wiseman. Now he's he's got his he's got his franchise guy now in Detroit. He's got the guy that he he probably sees so much of himself in Alex Lafreniere. Now he, he he's got to he's got to put that stuff to bed and, and come up with a new shtick for for the Red Wings. <laughs> there is one guy that I have not missed throughout this whole thing. <laughs> not not Steve Eiserman. Let's put it that way. Steve Eiserman's fine. The other guy you're discussing, I hey, definitely didn't miss that that voice this whole time. But uh, well, well, yeah. So I'm glad uh, to bring him back up. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even bust out my Lou impression. This has all been kind of spur of the moment, but maybe next time we'll do maybe that. Next time. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, you know, I think this is this was a good introduction. Uh, so far, everything seems to be working, and we're actually recording all this, so that's pretty good. Um, we uh, we probably should come back. Uh, I think you know, tentatively, let's figure out the say the the twenty seventh or twenty eighth. Um, again, there's a, an exhibition game against the Rangers on the 29th, <laughs> which is also then, hysterical. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. the NHL is just like we're saying, like they're all doing that. It's like Leafs Canadians yep, and it's um, yeah. so funny. Like, Flyers, yeah. your first game back out of this stuff and you're just going to, you're going to do that. And so I'm, 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 I'm half expecting them to be like Dale Purinton and Eric Cairns are going to be playing in this game, <laughs> you know, to, to really seal home that it's a rivalry exhibition game. They're taking it seriously. There's going to be no fans in the building. And yet I can already picture everybody there somehow rooting for the Rangers. Like that's the way I picture it. There's nobody there, but somehow (laughs) that building will be rooting for the Rangers because that's just how it is. They'll they'll say like, oh, make sure to send in your Skype videos and it'll just be all, you know, we we want to make it as realistic and sounding as possible. And yeah, it'll just be all, you know. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> somebody somebody's gonna say Pod Van sucks. It's gonna be one of like the trainers or whatever, you know. Well, we got dancing Larry. We got a dancing yeah. Larry ho- hologram yeah. for yeah, you guys. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how did dancing? Who would let dancing Larry into the bubble? Like, I don't well, they, yeah. they, got, they had thirty-one spots, and they were fun. You know, he, he would he yeah. would pump up the boys. <laughs> That's our thirty-first guy. Well, John Davidson is here. Like, what the? Anyway, um, so yeah, so that'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, so we could come back then. Talk a little bit more about the fly, the Panthers series and uh, who's fit to play, who's unable to play, who's fit to – that's the new thing. Get used to that saying, unable yeah. to play. That's their catch-all for guy could be hurt, guy could have a virus, guy could be uh, waiting for his wife to give birth, quote Matt Martin. <laughs> uh, Leo Komarov got hurt. He took a puck in the eye. Guy takes – he's back on the ice for the first time in four months. He was organizing flights out of Finland for players – uh, which is great. Hey, thanks, Leo. That's awesome. And then he hits the ice and he takes a puck in the eye. Thanks, you know, thanks for nothing. <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, Leo, you, you don't want to see that happen to him. But um, yeah, so so we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, an exciting time, but a cautious time. Um, you know, if you're not all that keen on on what's going on and, and you know, the, the NHL coming back, I totally hear you. I totally feel that way. <laughs> I'm totally afraid of, you know, anything. It's like really walking on eggshells time as well. Um, but that being said, you know, I mean, there's, there's some cool things happening around the Islanders at this time. And it, and it's kind of hard if you're, if you're an old fan to not get at least a little bit excited, maybe more so for next year than, than what's coming up in the next month. But uh, it's pretty cool. It's, 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 it's a feeling I haven't had in, in a long, long time, probably going back to like literally the beginning of December. You know, yeah. when, when they were still still on top and before, right, well they'll figure they'll, they'll figure out another winning streak soon and then they knew yeah, before adam pellick's game of kick up yeah. oh dude don't even <laughs> <laughs> apparently the doctor told him that he could have it could have happened to him just like walking down the street which 
I don't know if that's meant to make him feel better about it, but whatever. It's yeah, thank God. <laughs> no more. That's over with. That, yeah. Good to see him back. Good to see the Cobra back on the ice, and uh, good to be back talking to you all. And uh, you know, you can follow Mike on Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter handle again? The Big Lebowski with two E's. And and I, I got to give you credit because you know the pandemic. I'm sure has taken the the gambling industry to its knees because I mean, how are you supposed to bet on stuff when it's not happening, but you have been all over it this entire time. And I've never seen so many darts post in my entire life. And it's been so fascinating to watch the darts betting industry really take off during this whole very strange time. I, I, could, I didn't expect that would be it, but I'm glad it was. If Yeah. I mean, the, the March was strange, but if I could sell you guys on, on, on one sport, and one sporting event to watch. It's the most exciting sporting event is the, the dart world championships. Who knows if, if like what they'll be like this year, but they're every December and they just take over this place called the Alexandra palace in London. It's this big hall. Uh, it's, it's a sport, like it is a sporting spectacle that you'll, as soon as you watch it and it takes like a game, it takes one match to learn the rules. Cause it's pretty simple. And then another match to kind of like follow and make sure you do. And then by the third match, you're just gonna be like, this is insane because the crowd is insane. Like if you just Google, like they all dress in costume, there's beer everywhere. They, they're not really cheering say, for or against anyone. They're just yelling the, the whole time. The guys usually have like a beer in one hand and the darts in the other, right? Like, yeah, it's like, you it's, that it's in just other insane. <laughs> um, but if just, you know, if you, if you YouTube videos of, uh, if you take a break from, you know, YouTubing, uh, the 2013 Islanders uh, and just go and, and, and t- instead of typing that into the search bar, you type in, you know, world darts championship highlights. You'll see it's just the, the crowd. It's just, it's bananas. It's a, it's a great time. There you go. So check that out. Uh, follow Mike on Twitter at the big Lebowski. You can follow me at culture of losing. Um, that none of this is that, that was uh, the not, I, my break time hasn't, included exciting world uh darts world championships it's included a little bit of video games it took me a while to finally get around to the time to play uh some games but i've been playing spider-man for the ps4 it kind of it kind of grew on me i didn't like it at first but i i now i've i feel like i had to beat the game to finally figure out what the hell i had to do and so now i'm enjoying just like cleaning up the streets and these like random you know muggings and stuff like that it's kind of cool uh my daughter and i just started luigi's mansion 3 on the switch uh, cause we got kind of tired of Mario Kart. I can't take it anymore. I can't take the cheating. Uh, <laughs> not, not from her. She's great. I just, I can't take, you know, getting blue shelled every two seconds and just lightning bolted by lightning. I just, I can't do it anymore. So I was like, I, I can't do it. I, we got to find another game. I can't do this anymore. Um, and, uh, and I've been playing Rocksmith. So now I can play a little bit of bass. So I'm very excited. I, I learned how to play rock and roll all night on bass. So shout out to Brian Compton. Uh, when I, who I always think about when I play rock and roll all night. Um, but thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for, you know, rejoining us. And, uh, we'll be back again sometime before this play in series starts. And, um, we'll see, uh, where we're at and who's on the ice and who's ready and, I don't know, see, see where the Islanders, see what, you know, what we can predict, uh, happens to the Islanders after that. Thanks a lot. Be safe. Take care. And we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye.